and welcome to another episode of Bathroom Break. It is the finale of the Scared the Shit Out of Me series, part four. Man, this this was fun. This was definitely fun. Um, I want to thank everybody that you know you guys listened to the very end. I I love horror, and I that's I wanted to for October. It felt right to just focus on different uh paranormal um subjects, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is gonna be the last episode starting back in November. It's gonna be back to shit stories. I know some of you guys have been missing it, so it's gonna be back to me just talking shit and um personal shit stories of mine. Uh, I wanted to start the episode today with some very, very sad news. I found this out yesterday, and I don't know if you guys had seen it. If I have any um any fans of The Witcher, uh, I have some really, really uh, bad news. Um, we lost Henry Cavill, guys. He is no, he is not signing up for season four to be Geralt. They, uh, they recasted him with Liam Hemsworth. So that happened. Fucking Liam Hemsworth. We don't even get the main. We don't even get Thor. We don't get Chris Hemsworth. We get Liam Hemsworth, who's claim to fame is basically coming out in those piece of shit Hunger Game movies and driving Miley Cyrus crazy. He's the reason she fucking shaved her head and started twerking that Hank Hill booty. That's who Geralt of Rivia is going to be. It's no longer fucking Superman. We got this Sapingo guy. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yo, I am so fucking sad. Like, I lost complete faith in the show. Like, oh, man, that show was so fucking good. And it was all because Henry Cavill is such a badass. But I don't know if you guys saw, like, it's probably like a spoiler. It doesn't really matter. But he came back. He he signed up to be Superman again. So I'm guessing because of that, that's going to uh, create conflict uh, schedule-wise. So I guess he picked Superman over The Witcher, which, in my opinion, me as a comic book fan, as a DC fanboy, I think that's just stupid. I think that was the dumbest thing this guy could have done. He had something going with The Witcher. That show, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Go and watch it. You don't have to read the books. You don't have to play the games. Just watch the show. It's awesome. And one of the main factors why it's awesome is because of Henry Cavill. Like, he was Geralt. Like, there's nobody else that I feel can play that role. And I, I already know, like, I, that next season is just going to get a lot of backlash. Just because, man, how are you going to do that? Just... I would have preferred if they just would have canceled the show, honestly. Like, yes, it would have sucked, and that wouldn't have been fair to the, the rest of the cast members. But, yo, really? Like, that's just going to feel off. Like, I am not a fan of when shows do this where they just completely change um, actors, especially when it's the main character. Like, this guy doesn't even look like Henry Cavill. But you know what? Like, I don't know if to give it a chance. That's probably not going to come out for another two years. But I am not looking forward to that at all, man. That's it was, That made me really sad. I was like, yo, I was a big fan of the show. I was looking forward. It ended in a, such a great cliffhanger. Like, it really felt like they were going to go somewhere, like, like take it to the next level. And I don't know. This was a big step back. But I, I just had to share that with you guys. I know you guys are crying right now. But, you know, we got to get over it, guys. Like, there are other shows out there. Um... But yeah, it just it just really sucks. So for this episode, um, 
there is no like specific topic. Um, I spoke on haunted places around Miami. I spoke on serial killers and I spoke on aliens. This episode, it's just straight personal stories, guys. These are all things that have happened to me and to people close to me. Like I've said in the past episodes, you can take it as is. You can believe me. You cannot. But these are things that have actually happened. These are the stories that I personally know because I was there or they come from very, very reliable sources. And so to start off the first story, um, I had a listener sent in a story a while back. And man, this one like really creeped me out. So this is one of the a personal story from a listener. When I was in Germany, there was a point that doors would get knocked on all night. I remember one time I had my door get knocked on three times. The second time, I was literally by the door when I opened it and then closed it immediately. My door was knocked on again. There was no one outside. That same night, I fell asleep and was awoken by a black figure standing in the middle of my barracks. I woke up the next day and my roommate also saw it. I just thought he was fucking around. And that same morning, my best friend told me that he saw a strange man in the hallway of his room. It turns out that there was a kid on the third floor with a pentagram and dead animals from birds to squirrels and even a cat who he was sacrificing underneath his bed. I feel there are certain things in this world that, you know, you shouldn't make fun of and you shouldn't like joke about. And I, I truly feel like witchcraft is is one of them. I've heard way too many stories of people that have dealt with witchcraft that have seen things with their own eyes doing certain things. When, um, here's a personal story. Uh, uh, this person's like no longer in my life, but I knew someone that was, that was a Wiccan and they would do like these little rituals because, you know, they were, they were all emo and Gothic and this legit, they were actually not, I don't know if they were with the intention of, you know, actually doing things they they claimed that they were just basically like fucking around and even just fucking around you can cause harm uh this person says that they did a like a small ritual and they they basically conjured up something and till this day they said that they would at times still feel that presence around them so you know i know i i know people around me that i don't know what it is man i'm like these people are like drawn to me or I'm drawn to them, but I've met a lot of people that have dealt with, um, you know, stuff from the occult and some of them still do it. And then I have others that have told me that they, that this stuff is real and it genuinely scared them to the point where they're like, yeah, uh, I need to go to church or something. So you guys got to be careful with that. There is a lot of people out there that love to cause harm and they will, you know, they will dive to certain things that you shouldn't mess with. You, especially being here from Miami, you guys know there's a certain religion. I don't even, this religion scares me so much. I don't even like talking about it. But there is certain, uh, certain religions where they have these deities where they will cause harm to their enemies. They will bring, uh, you know, fame and, and wealth to these people, but they will also cause damage 
to anyone that like gets in their path. And man, I wish, honestly, like, I wish I could tell you some of these stories that I've heard from this specific religion, but just out of respect, I don't want to, because, you know, I really don't want to mess with that certain thing. And I knew people that were, were not really in it, but their family members were like hardcore into this certain religion. And the stuff that they would tell me is just, you know, things to feel nightmares. And I didn't get like consent. I I wouldn't tell the stories without their consent. I wasn't able to get it, so I I I will not touch on it. But if you guys do want to hear those, like you know, in secrecy, I'll tell you guys. But I will not put it out in the internet because it's it's not my stories to tell. If the person would give me the okay, then then I would. But yeah, certain things I I'm really not allowed to talk on. But I'll talk. Let me tell you the stuff that I am allowed to talk on things that physically happened to me so the paranormal has always been a fascination to me but i was i wasn't like a hundred percent i'm someone that like i need like concrete proof to actually believe in something and the paranormal was always something that was like iffy like you'd hear all these stories and all these legends especially being hispanic like that's how we were put to sleep it was like yo Quit fucking around, or I'ma call La Llorona, or I'ma call El Duende, or I'ma call Kukui. Like these were the, like our instead of being like, "Hey mom, can you read me a story? Can you read me like a Snow White or something?" Be like, "No, I'ma tell you about the Llorona. Who, if you don't finish your beans, is gonna come and booty rape you." These were the stories that we were raised on. So the paranormal's always been like a factor ever since. Like all Hispanics know that like it's a thing. Like we're very spiritual, we're very religious, so that veil of you know the unseen world is always like right there in our face but I, up to that point up till like i was <laughs> till like funny enough i started dating my recent girlfriend i was always a skeptic i i needed i didn't have any evidence um i had like minor things that i feel like i could have like explained um scientifically or you know I was like, man, I wasn't in the right state of mind. Like I had said, I told the story of me going to that graveyard. Um, but it's one thing to like want to see these things. And it's another like actually experiencing it. It is it is scary, guys. It is like you're, it, you're not like mentally prepared for these things to actually happen. So let me tell you guys some of the things that I had to deal with. So this happened i want to say maybe three years ago i was living at my girl uh at my girlfriend's house with her parents and it's late at night i want to say it's probably like 3 three thirty. it's late i can't fall asleep so i'm on my phone and i'm finally 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 getting sleepy and i get off my phone and my girlfriend's knocked out by this point and I'm kind of like looking around the room and I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen, but like once you're looking at your phone and then like you turn it off, like you, your eyes are so um, used to the light that you need to obviously like adjust to the darkness around you. So my eyes are adjusting and I could see like most of the room. Uh, her bed was like in the middle of the room. So I could see um, next to me is the closet. I can see her bookshelf. I can see the TV. I can see the door. So all this is, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in the dark. But for some reason, like, um, I slept on the right side of the bed. She slept on the left side. 
and she's facing the wall. And I remember I turned to face the, the back of her head. And for some reason, I could see the whole room. But for some reason, the area by her where her tapestry was, the way she was facing, was pitch black. Like, my eyes could not adjust. And I'm like, man, that's weird. Like, And I remember, like, I was turning around. I was, like, tossing my head. And I'm like, I could see the door. I could see everything. But I, why cannot I not see this corner of the room? And I promise you guys, it looked, I could see like the outline of like, like a mist or something around it. And I remember I was like slowly getting scared. I was like, oh God, like I feel like something's there. And I remember I started sweating and I like my, I started like panicking a little bit and just the fucking scariest thing that can happen is my girlfriend, like she, she had, doesn't do it, but like there was a time period where she would sleep talk. And it would be like, it would be funny because she would just say random words. And man, I fucking wish I could remember what what she said. But she asked the question. Like she was facing like this void of darkness. And she asked the question. And I clear, clear as day, no lie to you guys. I heard a woman's voice respond. And all I heard, all the voice said was, yes. That's all my girlfriend asked the question and something responded saying yes. And I don't, I remember I heard it and I, it just, I closed my eyes and I just remember waking up the next day. I think out of fear, it, it knocked me out. It was, I remember feeling scared and then just falling asleep. And I remember the next day, my girlfriend was saying, she was like, man, I had like these really weird dreams. And I told her, I'm like, did, did you ask me something last night? She was like, no, I was sleeping. And I'm like, bro, you asked something and something responded. And she thought I was like fucking with her. And that basically like opened up like her telling me all the stuff that had happened to her when she was a kid. Um, She kind of lived in the same area, uh, you know, by uh, Westchester by Bird Road. Like she lived her whole life around that area. And she would tell me the house where she basically grew up, like she would constantly hear voices like she like vividly remembers her being home alone one day and hearing a woman's voice like call out her name and I wonder if it's maybe the same spirit and the reason I bring this up is I remember her telling me that the lady that that lived were um lived at their place before they did I think she dealt with witchcraft and you know and there's certain things that I feel like they create like rifts or portals into you know the unseen world and you know shit like that stays like it, it creates like a mark so i remember we we moved recently so that was like kind of like a test to be like okay like let's see if you're haunted or <laughs> if the house is haunted and up to now like we haven't had any issues so so yeah i, I think it was it was the house like her parents would also tell us like oh yeah like we see like shadows here and there and her brother would also tell us like he would hear stuff at night um the main thing and I remember in that house that truly like horrified me like this event was just till this day I'm not a hundred percent sure like what it was but I know some like I know something like that what I felt was was real so once again it's super late at night and I I don't know I don't know for a fact I was sleeping I was sleeping, but uh, I remember I had to go to the bathroom. I got up. I went to go pee. 
when I come back, like I'm in that uh state where you know where you're still like half asleep, but you're still kind of awake. And then I feel it. I feel um as if someone like sunk in their their knee at the edge of the bed. Like I felt like the bed go down, and I'm like, man, that's that's weird. Like, what is that? And I remember like I opened my eyes. And then I felt like if someone like placed their hands on the bed and I it's as if they realized that I was awake and they like fucking crawled up to me. Like I felt someone like crawling on the bed and they got right on my ear and they started whispering. And man, it was so fast. Like I couldn't hear what they were saying. I can't even uh make a distinction if it was a man's voice or a woman's voice, but they got up right up to my ear and they started whispering something. And it was so fast, guys. Like, it was if someone was, like, fast-forwarding a conversation. And I remember I was I yelled. I was like, yo, stop. And I actually pushed, pushed my girlfriend. I pushed Ashley because I thought it was her, like, fucking with me. And I was like, yo, can you stop? And she, like, that woke her up. And she was like, yo, why'd you push me? Like, what's your what's your problem? And I'm like, wait, was that not you? She was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, were you not just whispering in my ear? She was like, yo, like, you just woke me up. And, guys, that fucking scared me. Like, I just started looking around. We even turned on the light, and I'm like, yo, like, I feel like someone's in here. And, like, we, like, checked her closet and everything. And she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it must have been my imagination. And, we, like, we went back to sleep. And that next morning, I remember, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, like, her mom had told us, oh, um, she was telling my girlfriend, like, oh, your dad, like, randomly woke up. And he was like, oh, there's someone in, someone's in our room. And I, then I told him, like, yo, that's fucking crazy. Like, I felt something in our room, too. Like, someone, like, came up to me and, like, started whispering something. And that that was truly horrifying. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure. Like, I could have been, like, imagining it. Or it could have been, you know, I was still, like, half asleep. But it, it felt real, guys. And, like, I like I could I actually can vouch for me. Like, I did wake her up. Like, I shoved her because I thought it was her. And these are things, bro. These are things that, like, happen, like, um, these are things that like quest make you question things like, yo, is there an afterlife? Like what happens like when we die? And it would, I don't know. Like, I don't like thinking that, you know, you get stuck here on earth that you're, you're living like a constant loop of like never being able to leave like the area where you lived or where you died. And I really don't like thinking about it, but man, there are certain things that like make you question like, Man, is there such thing as ghosts? So I don't want to make this a long episode. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but the aliens one took up took up like two hours. I still want to finish the my countdown. This episode, I'm gonna be talking about the 20 scariest movies of all time. If you guys have been uh listening to the countdown, this is gonna be the finale of it. So so yeah, it's not gonna be a long episode. Um, I just wanted to drop two episodes this time around because it's Halloween. So, you know, I, I want you guys like to have some scary things as you guys are driving to work or like you guys are working out just, you know, little food for, for thoughts. Um, I hope you guys had like a fun weekend. I hope you guys were able to dress up and stuff. Like I've seen some of you guys like posting pictures and, and I like the fact that people got dressed up and shit. Like even as we're getting older, like it's fun to dress up, bro. It's fun to act like a kid for like a day at least. 
because you know shit shit's real out there bro <laughs> like life sucks at times so it's it's cool to do fun things like that so i'm just this is gonna be the the last story and i wanted to leave this story for last because in my opinion i think this is the scariest story that i've ever heard and what makes it even scarier for me personally is the fact from who it came from. This story came from my mom. So for those that know my mom, you guys know like she's very like by the books. Like she's not like super strict. She's very chill. But like this is a this is a lady that does not fuck around, bro. You know she um I love her to death. She's like my favorite person like in the world, and I she's she I am who I am because of her. Like she she's the one that showed me all these awesome movies, all this dope music she's truly amazing and there was i remember growing up there was a uh, one thing that i would always fuck with her with was me not knowing why but i just knew this fact was my mom was scared of cats and as a kid like i always wanted a cat um i had cousins that had cats I had friends that had cats, and I was just like, mom, like, I, I wasn't really, like, that much of a dog person. I, I grew into a dog person, but I was mostly into cats as a kid. And I would always beg my mom, like, can we get a cat? Can we get a cat? And she'd be like, no. Like, no. Like, my mom was someone that didn't even like being in a room if there was a cat in there. And I would always bring it up. I'd be like, mom, why don't you like cats? Or watch out. Like, I would fuck with her, and I'd be like, mom, watch out. There's a cat over there. And she would just laugh it off and be like, bro, you don't know anything. And as I got older, like, I'd always ask her, I'm like, mom, why don't you like cats? Why don't you like cats? And she'd be like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So finally, I think I was like 17 or 18. Um, uh, I remember there was like family members and over to the house. And they're talking about, uh, they start talking about the paranormal stuff, stuff that's happened. So my family's from Honduras, both my mom and my dad. And I had family visiting from Honduras. And they were talking about, um, stuff that was going on around my grandma's house. So sadly, uh, one of my uncles had passed away. Uh, I want to say that, wow, this was almost like nine years ago. He, he passed away, um, in a very sad way. And my, you know, everyone was like telling stories about him and my grandma, who's like super religious, like very old school. She just randomly, um, she just randomly goes like if it was just like a normal thing to say she was like yeah i had to call the priest the other day because you know my uncle's name was henry she's like yeah i had to call the priest you know because henry was fucking around like he wasn't letting me sleep and stuff and like it got quiet and everybody's like what and she was like yeah um she's like um uh one of my cousins was gonna move in and was gonna take my uncle's room because my uncle lived with my grandma and she's like, yeah, we were moving his stuff. And I I made the mistake of saying that I was going to throw away some of his clothes. And that upset the spirit. Like, he started, like, um, moving the bed. He started, like, throwing the floor, uh, clothes on the floor. Like, she's just saying this, like, if it was, like, a normal thing to fucking say. I was just there, like, wait, what? I'm like, you have a ghost in your house, Grandma? And she was like, uh, yeah, they're, like, all over the place. Like, the hell? And I was like, man, you got to tell me more. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I always have to have my house blessed because uh, spirits are always coming in and through. And then she said that she looks at my mom. She's like, oh, do you remember that time that we had to come and bless your room? And my mom, like, bro, my mom froze. Like, 
my mom like turned pale white and i was like whoa what the hell and i was like whoa what do you mean why did you have to bless my mom's room and my grandma's like your mom's never told you about the cats and i was like here we go bro this is a story that i've been wanting to hear here we go and i'm like no is there a reason my mom's scared of cats so it's time this was backstory so here it is guys it's I called this story the night of the cats. So according to my mom, this is what happens. My mom used to share a, a room because she's had she has like over like 10 fucking siblings. She had to share her room with her stepsister and her two little brothers. So they had two sets of bunk beds. My mom slept in the, the bottom. Uh, her stepsister slept on the top. My mom says they all go to sleep. Normal day, they all go to sleep. And my mom is violently woken up. Like if someone was like pushing her. My mom wakes up. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? She sees that it's uh, her sister. And she's crying. And she's like, what is that? What is She just keeps asking, what is that? What is that? And my mom's like, what? What? She's like trying to like wake herself up. She could see that her, her little brothers are also awake. And they're all crying. And... She's kind of just hearing them cry. She's hearing her sister yell, and she's hearing something in the background. She's hearing what she describes as a woman crying. Like, she's hearing, like, someone, like, moaning and begging, and she's like, what? what is that? And, like, she's, like, looking around to see if there's someone else in the, in the room, and she sees. So if you know, if you're, like, from Central America, you know, there is no such thing as AC in these houses. These are, like, super old houses. They don't got money like that. So what they have is they have windows. So for air to come in and for it to keep cool in the room, they had to have these windows open. So my mom realized that the moaning is like coming outside from like, um, it's coming outside their house. So she was like, what, what is that? And there's just, the moaning is getting like louder and louder. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. And one of my little, uh, one of her little brothers, one of my uncles starts yelling, es la bruja, la bruja. So, obviously, you guys know what Bruja is. It translates to witch. So, there was a huge rumor uh, in my mom's, where she grew up, that their neighbor dealt um, with in, in witchcraft. That this was a lady not to be messed with. She was very into, like, paranormal things. And what something, uh, a personal thing about my family was that my grandfather, he, he came of wealth. Like, he had money. And he would make it his mission to basically like taunt people and like, you know, make people jealous. So he would constantly be fucking around with this lady. So they, uh, my mom claims that she thinks it was something like, you know, this lady trying to get revenge or something. So back to the story, a little backstory with this there, the he's yelling, yo, it's la bruja. She's, she's coming to get us. She's coming to get us. My mom's trying to calm them down, but she's, she's a little girl. She's fucking scared herself. She can't understand what she's hearing, what she's listening to. And she says the moaning just stops. Like if someone just, if it was like a recording, if someone just pressed like the stop button, it just stops. And then she hears like, so right next to her house, like her house is built in a very weird, weird way. Like Honduras is basically just mountains. So like all these houses are built into the mountains. So her, uh, her parents' house was basically like three layers of houses. 
It was like the first floor where like uh, all the rooms was. The second floor where one of my uncles lived, and then the third floor was like um, their business was all all dealt with like auto sale and garage, and garages. Um, so that's where all the cars were, and it, these all these floors were like um connected through like this long set of stairs. So um, her window like right if you uh put your head out, all you would see was these stairs and then a wall that would divide uh, my mom's house and then the neighbor which was the lady so she hears like pitter patter like basically like it would sounds like hundreds of cats going up these steps like she's hearing them she's um like it's just a wave of cats and she's hearing them mo- like uh, them meowing going up and they're like oh my god what is that they're coming they're coming my mom like runs and goes and locks um the the door to their their room and then she starts hearing what sounds like scratches like something trying to get in into the room and they're all there like they're all huddled up in my mom's bed and she's trying to calm them down but like it's getting louder and louder like these and then the 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 chanting and the moaning starts again and they can still hear the scratches and then once again it all stops and then they start hearing what sounds like a little boy crying like someone telling them, like, let me in, like, let me in, like, help me, help me, let me in. And my mom says that she, like, she felt like she was going to die. Like, she felt like she was going to pass out. These kids, they had no comprehension what they were, like, experiencing at the moment. And that's all she said that she remembers, that she basically, like, either it stopped or she just blacked out or she erased that the rest of that night in her memory. But all the last thing they remember is hearing that little boy crying that next morning they all wake up just not knowing what they experienced still horrified about that night (laughs) they wake up they they open the door and that's what just scared them even more when they opened the door there was scratches all over that all over that door there was scratches from the bottom to the very top of that door. And they went and told my grandma. My grandma does not play when it comes to that stuff. She had a priest come over and bless the house, especially um that room. I know they actually blessed the, the door. They removed the door. They moved it away. And I don't know if they ever um confronted that lady. It's just how do you, like, go up to her and be like, hey, you, did you do this? Like, bit. Just hearing something like that, I I completely understood why my mom didn't like cats. It's to this day, it's probably like the scariest thing that I've ever heard. She te- she tells it obviously way better because she lived it. And the crazy part is she went through something like that and she still doesn't believe in the paranormal. Like she won't and believe she'll be like, no, go start real. Like she won't believe any of that stuff. And then I'll be like, Mom, what are you talking about? You went through something so like traumatizing. And she'll be like, yeah, I don't believe it. But but yeah, that that was the final story. That was, in my opinion, the scariest story that I've ever heard. Um, it's still, I know October is about to end, but if you guys have any stories that you'd like to share or like let me know, like please reach out. Like I love hearing stuff like this. So um unfortunately, this is like the ending of the scared the shit out of me series. Like, like I said, going back, uh in November, I'm going back to the format where I'll probably focus on a topic or it'll just be me um, talking shit. But one thing I am looking forward to for next month is I will um, 
it's not confirmed yet, but I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna start having guests on. I'm gonna start having conversation with people uh, with close friends or people that uh, I'm genuinely uh, interested in talking to. So that's something to look forward to. Just you know, hearing personal stories and just sharing embarrassing things that have happened to me, and then hopefully these people share embarrassing stuff that's happened to them. But just giving you guys like a sneak preview of what's to come. Um, like I said, like I I can't thank you guys enough for like still like listening or uh, reaching out telling me uh stuff that you liked about it stuff that you didn't like like it, it really means everything um i just want to see where i can take the show like it's still small i know but um I, it's good to know that there's people like listening that it's not it's not just me like you know talking shit to myself because especially for the for these episodes because like bro it was it was tough man i had to go and do research and uh think of topics to to talk on bit but I, I'll I'll continue doing it, man. If if I know if, like even if there's just like five people listening, like I'm I'm gonna do it, bro. It's just it's fun. I'm having a good time doing it. And like I said, like hopefully, you know, I could build something out of it. But if not, like I'm just happy to like bring joy to at least one person with my shit stories. But but that's it for for this episode. That's it for this month. Um I wanna thank you guys uh for sticking to the end. Um happy happy Halloween and have a great day. Bye. Oh, but of course, you can't leave just yet because it's time for the finale of the 100 scariest movies of all time. Up to this point, I've talked about 80 movies that are all horrifying in their own way, are all iconic in their own way. But these 20 are, in my opinion, the best. These are the most iconic, the scariest they're just nerve-wracking. These are the movies that have stood the test of time that will become classics. These are the movies that I feel like we're going to be talking about for generations. So I hope you're ready. This is, uh, let me see if I, I'll probably go down the list for the, oh, just in case you guys are just wanted to see the last 20. But these are the movies that I spoke on. So from 100 to 21, the movies were The Houses October Built, Terrifier, Dead Silence, Grave Encounters, 13 Ghosts, VHS, Fear, The Fourth Kind, As Above, So Below, Raw, The Orphanage, Open Water, 1408, Houses of a Thousand Corpse, Creep, Final Destination, Scanners, 30 Days of Night, Ginger Snaps, Trick or Treat, Pulse, The Mist, 28 Days Later, The Wolfman, The Beyond, Reanimator, Children of the Corn, Jeepers Creepers, The Brood, Wreck, Pet Cemetery, A Tale of Two Sisters, Videodrome, Cujo, Candyman, The Howling, The Baba Duke, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Cabin in the Woods, The Descent, House, Dracula, The Devil's Backbone, The Last House on the Left, Sinister, The Hills Have Eyes, It Follows, Poltergeist, The Lost Boys, let the Right One In, The Fly, Train to Busan, The Witch, Signs, Phantasm, The Serpent and the Rainbow, Insidious, Near Dark, The Changeling, Child's Play. Then you have It, Evil Dead, The Thing, Get Out, Dawn of the Dead, Jacob's Ladder, The Haunting, The Conjuring, Paranormal Activity, The Grudge, American Werewolf in London. Frankenstein, 
The Sixth Sense, Don't Look Now, Freaks, Suspiria, Shaun of the Dead, The Ring, Carrie, and The Blair Witch Project. So that leads me to the top 20 scariest movies of all time. And number 20, I am starting with a banger. And number 20, I have Hereditary. This there are there have been two movies in my life that I can genuinely say have scared the shit out of me. And this is number two. The, obviously, the, the first one like has not obviously is gonna be higher on the list, but because of that movie, it basically numbed me to all horror movies. I love horror, but it, it never really truly scared me. But this one did. I still remember watching this movie in the theater and walking out of there not knowing what I had just seen. This movie is horrifying from beginning to end. There, What I love about this movie so much is that it is just negativity to the thousandth level. Like This movie is constantly just getting worse and worse for the family involved in it. This, in my opinion is the greatest horror movie of the last 20 years. This is the movie that I'm sure, and I am positive if I ever decide to do a list like this again, this is going to be way lower. It's just, it recently came out, and the, from here on out, most of the other movies are classics. But this one, from the very beginning, became like an epic movie. Like People were still talk about it. Ari Aster did an amazing job on this and the reason the movie's so scary is because this guy he did his research man he actually like read read up on demonology and the occult and you could see it some of the symbols some of the imagery is just straight out of these like these books that have to do with um witchcraft and the occult at number 20 i have hereditary number 19 i have friday the 13th this what Halloween did for the slasher genre was make it commercially acceptable. It showed the masses that it could be, um, that people, it was generally well-received. But what most people talk about when it comes to Halloween is that there is no gore. So what does Friday the 13th do? It brings another epic slasher and adds gore to another level. Some of the deaths in this movie are just th scenes that people still talk about. You have Kevin Bacon basically get stabbed through a bed, through his throat. That is just so, like, that stays with you. I remember seeing that as a kid and just being like, what the hell was that? And what's funny about this movie is that when people think Friday the 13th, obviously, they think about Jason. And the funny thing, when it comes to Friday the 13th, Jason's not even... Spoiler alert, but Jason's not even the killer. Like, Jason doesn't even show up till the end. But this movie does something so cool in that it puts you in the killer's shoes. You're seeing everything through the POV that the killer's seeing. All the deaths are, you are basically the killer. And this movie has done something that Carrie did, but this was the first movie that did it. And it was the first jump scare at the end. This is the movie that started it all. It's because of this movie that all horror movies now have to end with that pop. And it's all thanks to Friday the 13th. At number 18th, I have Misery. Like, I've named, like, at least six or seven, like, Stephen King uh, adaptations. And obviously, this one has to be there. 
this movie has no monsters, has no ghosts, has no demons. It literally has this little <laughs> innocent-looking lady named Annie, played by the master legendary Kathy Bates. And you have her like in that funny like hairdo being so terrifying. This movie is has elements that just just oh they get to you. It's all body horror, cabin fever, uh dealing with stalkers, dealing with someone with mental illness. Oh god, this movie has it all. It's basically all in one room. It's this poor guy who's a writer um goes up to the mountains finishing up his book gets caught in a snowstorm, drives off the road, almost dies, and to his luck, you think it's to his luck, he's saved by a fan. This person, like, nurses this person back to health, and you're thinking, oh, man, this lady's, like, nice. Like, what is this movie going to be about? And you slowly start seeing this woman unravel. And, oh, God, Rob Reiner is one of the greatest. Uh, It's probably, like, the, the second greatest director of the 80s. Right uh, behind uh, John Hughes, who did like all the '80s movies, but he he did this movie very well, and it just I don't even want to spoil like the the main scene of it, but just if you're not a fan of seeing uh, a body horror, do not watch this movie. But if you are, go and watch Misery. And number eighteen, it's Misery. Seventeen, I have Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Oh God, this movie—it—it's it, funny. This movie literally like it divides horror fans. It's one of those. Um, it's either you get it and you love it, or you just hate it. But people will say, "Oh, but I like Pinhead though," because most people go into this movie thinking like, "Oh, Pinhead's like the villain," but he's kind of like a like a neutral character in it. He's obviously like the icon of it. And his scenes are the ones that people remember the most. But that's not really what the story is about. It's basically a a woman, just what at what lengths you will go for like the person you love. And it's this movie has some elements that are rare to find in horror. It's just I think maybe just this that it deals with you know sexual uh sexual content and sadomasochism and BDSM things like that. You literally have like the Cenobites dressed as like these um as these dominatrix um characters. And basically the whole premise of the 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 movie is what are what are um how far are you willing to go for pleasure? It's he, uh Pinhead literally has one of the most epic lines in, in horror like legend. It's basically him saying like we are demons to some angels to others. And this movie is very, very intense. I I still haven't seen the remake. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I've heard uh, mixed things. I'll probably watch it. But if you get a chance, watch the original. Number 17, Hellraiser. At number 16, I have seven. Oh, man. I, I, this is just not just even horror. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. You have Morgan Freeman. You have Brad Pitt. Just, man, they are so good in this movie. This is one of those movies that once you watch it, like, it stays with you. There are certain scenes in this movie that just, fuck, man. Just, they are, how like, how does someone like, you know, David Fincher does a great job of making you question how 
how truly evil humanity can be because this is another movie where there really isn't paranormal aspects to it but it's how far a madman would go to prove a point and you know most people when when they think of this movie they'll think about uh brad pitt yelling what's in the box like what's in the box like what's in the box even if people haven't like seen the movie they know that scene of what's in the box but guys if you haven't seen seven like go if you're a fan of mystery of classic whodunits like um cop movies you have to watch seven it has to be on your list this is one of the movies that i always watch every october just because i love it i've seen this movie so many times and i never get bored of it it's it's just epic i i definitely love this movie at number 16 i have seven at number 15 i have Wes Craven's probably his second best movie of all time. I have Scream. Just the thing when it comes to Scream is that most people like I can't I I have to watch this movie by myself because people will just watch it and laugh because they'll think of scary movie one because it's funny that they're spoofing a movie, a horror movie that was making fun of horror movies. This was Wes Craven's like answer to uh basically at the time period there was so much like content coming out, so much like slashers, like everyone, you know, there is a Mount Rushmore of you know of slashers. You have your Jason, you have your Freddy, you have your Michael, and you have your Leatherface. So you had all these different like uh slasher movies, them trying to like knock these guys out. And he he I feel like he comes close with Ghostface. There's uh, a difference be- between all these other characters is that they're just one person. And when it comes to Ghostface, it's multiple people that take up that mantle. But, yo, this movie is this movie's fun. This That's the best way I can put it. This movie, from beginning to end, this movie does something that Psycho made popular in that you literally have the main character, like the lead actor actress the draw to the movie get killed in the first like uh, like the first act of the movie which was at the time of cycle was completely unheard of and then you know he pays homage to Wes Craven pays homage to it killing off Drew Barrymore and that's probably like to some people that's arguably like the best scene in the movie is the beginning because it's a homage to cycle it's homage to when a stranger calls it's like that scary home invasion of this guy stalking you and knowing things about you. And it's, it's something that, you know, can actually happen. And I, I just, I love this movie. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. At number 15, I have Scream. At number 14, I have the South Korean masterpiece audition. So right up, like I've said before, I am not a fan of these uh, torture porn movies. I don't like Hostel. I don't like Wolf Creek. I don't like Saw, the Saw movies, because I feel like the draw, like the main thing about them is what scares people is that, oh, you're going to see like some nasty shit. Like you're going to see like someone get drilled into their knee. You're going to see a device that clamps up your mouth. Like I'm, it's not for me. I'm not a fan. But for some reason, I, I love it in audition that's basically what this movie is it's basically torture porn at its finest this movie is just 
it god i've seen this movie like a handful of times and just that alone i'm like man i i, I love this movie it's from the very beginning it and it starts i'm gonna tell you like it starts off slow it's about a man um basically looking for a new wife he sets up this fake audition and he meets this woman who is basically like she checks all the boxes on his list and little does he know that this lady is the perfect definition of a psycho the the gore in this movie is done very well like you feel everything in this movie because it's done so slowly and it it builds up to the end. This movie is one of those that it, the ending is like the best part. And man, this is definitely like the art. This is the best uh, foreign horror movie of all time, in my opinion. And like I've said constantly, the 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 Asians are are they're they're coming, man. They they're winning horror right now. And this was the beginning of it. Number number fourteen audition. Number 13, I have The Omen. What's scarier than the devil? This, this, he's the ultimate evil. What happens when he gives birth to his son and this little innocent-looking kid is basically the embodiment of pure evil? This is one of those movies I saw as a kid and was just completely blown away because I couldn't understand at the time what I was watching. This movie um came out in the uh, early 70s and it still holds up. It has some scenes in it that just one of the best decapitation scenes. It has one of the scariest suicide scenes. It's just it's it's really creepy, man. It's that's all I can say. It's really some of the actors that they got in it, man. They look very very scary and Obviously, product of his time. Not everyone's gonna get into it, but if you get a chance, uh, they did a remake back in '06. They did like a promotional thing for uh '06, '06, '06, which the movie was I at best. It wasn't like the scariest thing, but if you get a chance, you have to watch number thirteen, The Omen. Number twelve, I have Evil Dead Two. So I am a big fan of comedy horror. I love Shaun of the Dead, Cabin in the Woods, Scream, Drag Me to Hell. I like all those movies that infuse humor and horror. And this is the one that does it the best. And this movie, what Sam Raimi does is he basically reboots his own movie, which you're not going to find nowadays, let, let alone back in the day. Like People are like, wait, what? It's not a sequel? They're like, no. What he did was he did a horror movie in the first Evil Dead. And then he made a comedy with Evil Dead 2 where it's the one that most people think about because that's the one where Ash cuts off his hand and he puts on the chainsaw. And that's what leads into the third movie, um, Army of Darkness. And I think he still has a show on stars called Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And it's all because of this movie. Um, I feel like this movie doesn't get enough praise. I don't understand why. Like People talk about the first one. But I personally feel like this is one of those rare moments, for example, like The Godfather 2 or Empire Strikes Back, where the sequel is even better than the original. This one is what every uh, comedy horror should be. I'm sure this is the movie that they always shoot to beat. It's number 12, Evil Dead 2. At number 11, I have Rosemary's Baby. 
This movie came out in the sixties, and what's it's sad that when when most people think about this movie, it's kind of like tainted by the man who directed it, uh, Roman Polanski. This is a man that's not even allowed in the U.S. Um, he he's like an amazing director, but he's a piece of shit human being, and that fucking sucks. This was a man that um, you know, just a pedophile. Like hor- you just hear horrible things about him, and and you hear about it like this got this something that like spanned for decades, but the only good thing that this asshole's ever done in my opinion, was this, was Rosemary's Baby. This movie is, this is the, if you're a mom or you're a mom expect, uh, or a late, someone expecting, this is the movie you need to watch. This is a movie that just deals with not really knowing who the person you love truly is, not knowing the people that are surrounding you, if they want to cause you harm or if they're actually trying to help. This is, this is a story of, um, you know, uh, a husband and wife. They move into this new building, and right off the bat, all these, uh, all the tenants there, they they start becoming super friendly, and one day she gets drugged and literally gets raped by the devil, and little does she know that it was all orchestrated by the people around her, and they basically her husband did a deal she was the price and he's the one that's supposed to reap all the benefits this is a this movie is just man for its time it's just it was something unheard of to see things like this and till this day is a movie that people still talk about because of how good it is and number 11 i have rosemary's baby all right we're getting finally to the top 10 scariest movies of all time at number 10, I have Night of the Living Dead. So why do I have this movie so high up? This is basically the first zombie movie of all time. Even if you've never seen it, if someone will say, a, like, they'll say a scene of it, like, for example, like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. It's all from this movie. It's George A. Romero created the, the zombie genre, and... It was all in black and white, and this movie did something so iconic, something that, till this day, people still talk about, is that he made the hero uh, a black guy. And you guys gotta understand, this was something that was in the 60s when, you know, there was segregation was still a, a thing. We had Jim Crow laws in the South, and for someone, especially for a white director, to come and be like, yo, you know what, I'm gonna make the hero a black person in my movie was just unheard of and it was something he i don't know if he knew but he was this is something that echoed in through time this this is something that people still talk about because like i said it wasn't unheard it was nobody would do something like this and to make him the hero to make him the final survivor is just it's truly something that that was needed at the time and so it's a movie that i feel like people will talk about till this day because it, it meant a lot to a lot of people and it advanced. It showed you that in horror, like it doesn't matter what color you are. You're just going to die. <laughs> At number nine, I have Nightmare on Elm Street. When it comes to all the slashers, like I said, the Mount Rushmore, Michael, Leatherface, Jason, and Freddie, no one 
no one can beat this man in just charisma. This he is the most badass of all the serial killers. Freddy is just he is the movie. They built a whole franchise around this one character where people were rooting for the bad guy. Uh, people will say, oh, who are the most iconic people of the 80s? And they'll say Ronald Reagan and Freddy Krueger. Like, oh, man, like, this is the movie that started it all. Some of this, man, there is, for some reason, the, the scene that always stuck with me is Tina's death. When you're seeing this poor girl being dragged through the roof, getting ripped to shreds by an unseen force, like, some of the images in this movie, like they they stay with you, bro. They're engraved in in my mind. But I I loved all movies. There's like ten of these, but this was the one that started it all. This is for this obviously like sadly this is one of those movies that just can't be remade because Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger. Like you take him out of the equation. Look, they tried that. They did a remake, and nobody even talks about it because of how shitty it was. It's just it's sad to think like yo this movie's just it's sad but i'm glad at the same time that this is a movie that can't be remade because it shouldn't be touched because it's perfect in every way it represents what horror should be at number nine nightmare on elm street at number eight i have the texas chainsaw massacre what makes this movie so scary is how real it feels and the reason why it feels so real is because it's based on a true story. They got elements of uh, actual uh, actual life serial killer um, Ed Gein, and they brought it to the mainstream. They brought it to cinemas, and I remember, uh, I've heard like um, I've seen documentaries on this movie. Like it was like a whole thing to go watch this movie. The only way you were able to see these were basically like grindhouse theaters, where it was like. At 10.30, it's uh, Texas Chainsaw, and then at 12, it's, like, um, porno movies. Or you had to drive to, like, the, the bad side of town to go watch it in the drive-in. Or this, it was, like, a, a whole experience to go watch them, to go watch this movie. Because people, like, if you if you watch it till this day, it feels like you're watching, like, a snuff film, the way it's shot. Like, some of these people, the people that they got to act in the movie, they look so genuine, like, they seem like real hillbillies and just Leatherface Leatherface probably has the best mask in all horror history. It's he's literally wearing patches of human skin on his face. And just some of the deaths that you see and some of the images, it's truly horrifying because yes, yeah, it's, it's all a movie, but it's all based on a real life person. And that's what makes this movie so so scary and what made it stand like this movie like till this day they're still making um texas chainsaw movies but this is the movie that started it all this is definitely one of the scariest movies of all time number eight texas chainsaw at number seven i have the silence of the lambs Whew. This is one of the few horror movies that actually got nominated for Best Picture in the Academy Awards. And if you've seen it, you understand why. This movie like has two of the best serial killer characters of all time. You have Hannibal Lecter, played by Anthony Hopkins, to the perfect T. Like, 
to the point where like he went out of his way to seem crazy like he wouldn't blink in his scenes and he would like fuck around with Jodie Foster who was like uh Clarice the main character like he went out of his way to make her feel uncomfortable because she he wanted her to be scared whenever they were in scenes together and then you have uh the character of Buffalo Bill where you can see he's kind of um, once again sort of um he kind of represents a little bit of Jeffrey Dahmer he represents a little bit of Bundy he represents a little bit of Ed Gein and man this movie's just it's good if you haven't seen it like I I don't know I don't know what the hell you've been watching because this movie's just epic in every single way the story's amazing the acting in it is amazing the ending is amazing it's just I love this movie and this is once again one of those movies that I can never get tired of watching. I always recommend it. They've uh they've done so many like um spin-offs and um reboots of the character Hannibal Lecter, but nobody can top Anthony Hopkins in this. Number 7, The Silence of the Lambs. And at number 6, I have Jaws. You're probably questioning, like, why is Jaws even on the list? People forget that this is a horror movie. It's basically, what's scarier than Mother Nature trying to kill you? This is, there is no reasoning with the killer in Jaws. There is no way of knowing what this killer is thinking because it's a shark. And you guys need to understand, this movie shook the entire world. When this movie came out, attendance to beaches decreased in such a drastic way like they had to come out and be like guys like there are no sharks here like you guys are fine like this movie scared people and it's Spielberg at its finest um it's funny like you hear so much lore on this movie how the shark was supposed to be a bigger character it's just they couldn't like the animatronic (laughs) wouldn't work with them it'd be working one day it would malfunction the other day like bit it all worked out perfectly. Like the least that we see of it, it's in my opinion even better because I I personally this movie scares me because I I personally do not like the ocean. I am not a fan of open water like that. And because I know for sure there's things down there, and this one shows you what is down there from the beginning scene, which is considered one of the greatest horror scenes of all time. When the innocent girl goes into the ocean and just gets completely dragged around the water. You just see these deaths look so painful. And that, in my opinion, is what makes this one of the greatest movies. And one, and obviously top horror movies of all time. And number six, I have Jaws. Alright guys, here we go. The top five. Top five. And number five, I have Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. This is the movie that basically made horror what it is today. This is a movie that is just iconic. There are so many scenes in it. This is a movie that's been studied in universities. This is a movie that people will always talk about. And it's under it's understandable why. It's just Hitchcock doing what he did best. He put suspense. He showed thing he showed things to people that they had never seen. I recently went to go watch this uh, with a couple of friends that had never seen the movie. 
and I just was telling them fun facts. And one of the fun facts that I love about this movie is that this is actually one of the first movies that shows a, a toilet being flushed. And I remember telling that to a friend and they were like, why, why is that? Why is that like such a big deal? And they're like, you understand at this time, like it was rare to even see, this was a time period in the sixties where um, you wouldn't see the bathroom, like in TV shows or in movies, like bathrooms weren't really shown. Um, you would, anytime you'd go into the room, like you'd see like two separate beds and that's another thing about this. Like you see um, the movie starts off with like a woman basically having an affair with a married man, which was just mind blowing and shocking to people. Cause this was like, I was saying you still had like <laughs> um, TV shows where you had like mom and pop sleeping in separate beds. And here you have a, two people that aren't even married uh, basically insinuating that they just had sex on the same bed. And it's stuff like that, that just, you know, it shocked people. Like that's literally how the movie starts. It's him showing someone having an affair. You have the toilet, and then you have the 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 draw of the movie. People were so excited to watch see Janet Lee. She was basically like like the bombshell of the time. Like uh, people were only going to watch this movie, obviously, because it had Hitchcock and it had her, and you have her being killed off. She's the even if you've never seen this this movie, like you know that shower scene, and people even have done research to see because to this day, even kids, they will they will do the whole um that whole scene with with the the noise, the they'll do that and the the stabbing motion, even not knowing where it's from. Like that's something that became part of like the human psyche. Like why? How do people even know about that? Which is very very interesting, and. It's because of how iconic this movie is. This is a movie that came out over 60 years ago and people still talk about it. People still go and watch because it's it's a good story. It it shows it deals with um you know with mental illness and sexuality and uh cross dressing and stuff like that that for the time was just very taboo and and it's crazy to think that like after all this time it's still things that you know are still in question and things that are being debated, but this movie is deserves to be in the top five. And to some people, this is the greatest horror movie of all time. And I would understand why, but I feel like there are better ones. That's why it's at number five, but it's there for a good reason. Number five, I have Psycho. And number four, I have Alien. This is the best sci-fi horror movie of all time this is the movie that scared a whole generation when it came to aliens because at the time when people thought of aliens they thought of like these little green men or these humanoid looking creatures but this one introduced us to the xenomorph which is arguably the scariest looking creature in all of cinema what does this movie do so well it it's basically um a serial killer movie instead of being a house it's in a spaceship you are literally you have nowhere to go you are in space in a little spaceship surrounded with people that you can't really trust and there's this creature going around killing everyone one by one what i love most about this movie is that 
you you're led to believe all right this is who the hero is gonna be and then it just completely like switches it off because he's the hero that you the person you think is gonna be the hero is the first person to die and then it's all up for grabs you're like all right everyone is fair game everyone's gonna die in this and what do they do they make the a woman a hero which is just completely badass because it was an actress that people didn't even know at the time and right now and arguably now she's one of the greatest it's sigourney weaver people didn't know who she was she was one of her first movies and people are just like oh she's just gonna be a side character and she ends up being the badass and she's the one that ends up like leading this whole franchise into what it is this is a a movie that you know has constantly been remade uh they they did um the original series had three movies i believe three or four then you had the prometheus you had uh, alien covenant and you still they're still making more of these you have video games comic books uh regular books it's just a movie that's beloved by millions and it's on it's it makes sense why this has one of the most iconic horror scenes as i would say as important as the shower scene from psycho you have the 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 chest burst scene where you you think you're like safe you're like all right like they're just having uh dinner and everything's ever they're making jokes blah 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 and it just goes zero to 100 real quick and that's because you know really scott does a great job of creating like a sense of security and then just flipping it up and this movie is just epic in every single way. At number four, I have Alien. At number three, arguably the greatest slasher of all time, the movie that started a whole series, a movie that is just synonymous when it comes to a certain holiday. And number three, I have Halloween. Who's better than Michael Myers? This he is the goat of serial killers a man with that says nothing throughout a whole franchise just walks around in a jumpsuit and a white mask and terrifies people till this day man this movie this just bro john carpenter just he took he took oh he took a chance because they didn't know if they were going to be able to make this movie they had such a small budget, and most of that budget was basically all taken up by Donald Pleasant, who plays the doctor character, because he was the only known actor. And little to hit him know, he kept, he created the Scream Queen in Jamie Lee Curtis. This was her first um acting gig. Little did people know that she was horror royalty, because her mom was Janet Lee, who was the main character in Psycho. So here he was continuing that legacy. And man, this this movie does it all. This movie creates panic, not showing that much blood. Just even some of the kills are wacky, but they they have te- they have stood the test of time. Like everyone knows that iconic scene of Michael stabbing the guy through through the wall and just that little head tilt is just synonymous. It's something that has to be in every single like Halloween movie is that little head tilt of him like admiring his work and Michael Myers is basically he's a man but also evil like you don't know like what am I dealing here with he can't be killed he can't be stopped he can't be reasoned with he is literally a walking great white and I think that is what makes these movies so scary and why they are just 
going to continue till the very end making Halloween movies. It's because John Carpenter and Deborah Hill created a masterpiece back in the 70s. So at number three, I have Halloween. There are only two movies left. And honestly, like these two are my favorite of all times. You can you may argue that there are scarier movies, but like I said, I took into consideration what these movies represented, how iconic they were, how if people still, you know, pay homage to them, if they're influenced by these movies. And I personally personally feel that these two are the movies that have just shaken their generations that have been admired by millions at number two i have stephen king's the shining what happens when you have the greatest horror um book writer create such an epic book and this gets added into a movie by the greatest director of all time and stanley kubrick you get the shining i actually saw this movie yesterday and i just it always gets me, and what I love about this movie so much is that I have seen it minimum like 30 times. I always find something new every time I watch this movie. It would be a little subtle thing, and it's because I know that Kubrick loved putting things in the background, and there are so many hidden messages in this movie. This is a movie that till this day is just question of like, was he really adapting the book, or was he spilling out his secrets to us not like uh unconsciously just Shelly do this movie literally only has like three actors in it you have that uh the character I don't know his name like the boy that plays Danny Torrance you have Shelly Duval uh, Shelly Duvall as the mom and of course Jack Nicholson as Jack him he, he doesn't even have to wear a mask to be scary it's his faces his reactions his demeanor is what makes this movie so horrifying. There is very little like paranormal things going on. Obviously, the boy can see ghosts and everyone remembers the scenes of the little twins in the hallway and the the weird sexual thing between the, the guy, the older man and the dog. It's some weird, weird imagery. But it's Jack Nicholson that makes this movie so scary. It's literally seeing... You know, what is scarier than seeing your own father go crazy? That just, oh my God, this movie is just, it's perfect in every single way. And what amazes me is that when this movie came out, it, right off the bat, it wasn't commercially successful because this movie came out, it's just, man, I wish I could have been around during this time period in the 80s. This movie came out in 1980 and it came out on the weekend as The Empire Strikes Back. That was where, so imagine that, like going to the movies and you're like, damn, do I watch The Shining or do I watch Star Wars? Like that is just mind blowing. Obviously, people went and watched Star Wars. So commercially, like it wasn't um, successful and it got a lot of negative reviews when it first came out. And it wasn't until like people really started analyzing it and, you know, letting it sink in that they realized, no, what are we talking about? This movie's a masterpiece. It's just, there is, oh God, like, I could talk I could do a whole episode on this on this movie alone and it's just just groundbreaking and it's the movie that I always recommend. This is the perfect example of slow burn because it starts off very slow 
but then like it just it creeps up on you and it just takes you to a whole nother level at number two i have the shining and finally 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 we get down to the scariest movie of all time this is the movie that just it built my love for horror it shocked me for years it ruined all other horror movies for me because of how scary it is and nothing up to the point of like hereditary like there was nothing that had scared me at number one i have 1973 the exorcist that is just leaving that alone. Like, if you have not seen this movie, go and watch it. But if you have, some of you would understand and be like, okay, I understand why this is number one. This is when people think horror, they think this movie. What is scarier than a 12 year old being possessed by a demon? This movie had no CGI, had always all. The special effects were all animatronics. It was all just the actors dealing with, you know, going through this stuff. This is a movie that has caused so much controversy. This is a movie that would not be made today because of certain scenes. You literally have a scene where you have this little girl pleasuring herself with a crucifix. She is violently masturbating with it. You just elements of just murder and chaos and religion it basically depicts during this time period in the 70s people were really questioning is there such thing as a god and then you have something like this and you have um churches either praising the movie basically telling people go and watch this this is real or you had um people just saying this is you know praising the occult there is the devil is in the film like this movie is considered one of the most cursed movies of all time like it's crazy to see it's either like a huge coincidence or something truly did happen in this set because you hear like these stories that come out of it um you know people that were close to the project or worked on it were dying uh you hear the story of um of production being halted because the the set caught on fire and the only thing that wasn't burned was the room scene like the uh the room set of reagan's room was the only thing that was untouched by the fire and to this day they don't know how the fire was caused you you hear how um in the movie you have this statue that comes out in a couple of scenes that the airplane that was carrying it actually got hit by lightning you you, you hear all these things that build more uh more lore towards this movie and even without all that you're hearing all that stuff this movie is just this scary when i think of scary i think of how i felt watching this movie i saw this movie when i was seven years old and it traumatized me to a whole nother level and it was all my fault i still remember um like i've said my mom would always show me horror movies but she would not show me this one she'd be like no you could watch whatever you want but not this one. And I would beg her and beg her and beg her. Because my mom, this is one of my mom's favorite movies. And she would always watch it. And one day she was like, you know what? You're being annoying. You're going to watch it on one condition. You cannot, uh, I will not sleep with you. Like I will, like you're sleeping in your room by yourself with the lights off. Because you want to watch it, right? 
and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I regret it so much. I was so scared, guys. Like, it was just, it, it traumatized me, man. Like, but because of that movie, I was so numb to every other thing that came after it. Like, every other movie, I'd be like, yeah, it was creepy, but, oh, God, it wasn't The Exorcist, though. And if you haven't seen it, like, I know a lot of people, um, for some reason, they always get this one mixed with um the exorcism of Emily Rose. Like I recently uh showed this one to two close friends of mine who they thought they had seen it and they hadn't. And it's it's a long movie and it starts off um kind of slow, like because they're building that's the thing that some either some people like or don't, but you gotta understand, like nowadays all horror movies, it's like yo, they need to catch the audience from the very beginning because the attention span is so small and so short that it's so hard for these movies you know to build backstory because you know people need to get the horror like asap and with movies from uh the 70s and the 60s they need to they build up the story they build up the world around them they give you know these you feel for these characters you because um they show you the problems that they're going with and that's basically what it is about the exorcist that i feel like makes it so scary is that you know, you grow to care for uh, Reagan's character and the mom character and and uh, Father Karras, who's, um, I guess, like the, the second main character. You have this man going, you know, he has to deal with losing his mother and having like a lack of faith being a priest. And how does God basically uh, test him? He brings this girl that's possessed into his life and he is literally having to fight for her soul and god this movie is just epic this movie is beautiful in every sense that's why it's number one that's why it's my favorite scary movie of all time and number one the exorcist well guys god i finally finished it man it felt so long like oof. but i really hope you guys enjoyed it uh like i said i'm definitely gonna print out the list uh i'm gonna do it a couple days obviously after the um, the the show airs that way like i'm not spoiling it for people but i'm gonna i'm promised i told you guys i know some of you guys have been asking uh for that list and i will get to it but but yeah thank you so much for listening and i will see you guys uh next month uh thank you i hope you guys enjoyed all these um episodes that had to do with horror um uh, like i said <laughs> i know i had wrote um done an ending already but here's like the second ending so Happy Halloween and see you guys later.